Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I am your host, Mackenzie Taylor, and this week I am joined by who? Oh yeah, it's Ben. Lovely Ben, as always. We are talking about all of the latest social media news that have just recently dropped, and there is a ton. We talk about some new apps that have been on the market, and if people are going to jump ship finally from Instagram and head over there, or if you know it, they're just not going to download them, which I think they're not going to download them. But enough of me talking at the beginning. I'm always just rambling, rambling, rambling. So let's just get right into the episode. I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. How are we doing? I'm pretty good. I am just very excited to tell you all about this lovely social media news this week because... There's so much, and I know I say that every single week. Yeah, I, I like actually, I'm like actually getting annoyed. Like there's so much happening, but again, there's so much happening. There is so much. I think that's because of. I think there's a lot, a lot of things that are going to change because of, of it needing to. So it's exciting <laughs> that there's so much going on. Exciting and scary, and as a social media manager, it's sometimes frustrating because you're just like god what what else do i need to pay attention to or what else is changing yeah it definitely keeps things interesting keeps you on your toes so it never a boring day never ever a boring day but i know you have a flex tip mm. 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 flex tip oh do we ever we got a freaking flex tip coming at you so this Let's one is it. great for community development especially if you're struggling breaking through the smaller audience that you currently have and you really want to try to do something that can be more proactive a great tool is to actually go to the communities that have already been built by other creators or brands that have the audience you're trying to reach and go through the comments on their content because i'm very confident if they have a big enough following they're not replying to all their comments and people are asking genuine questions that they would love to have answered so if you spend the time to actually go find the right creators that have your audience you want to build and actually spend the time just providing value, answering these people's questions, doing this every day. It does make you look like a thought leader in the space and then it brings very targeted people to you that will be very loyal to your content gradually to you over time. So doing this consistently, maybe 10, 15 minutes a day can help you really get the ball rolling. And then this initial audience that you build might be the tribe that allows you to actually get the momentum, start reaching a mass audience that they came and you built that from the ground up. Like the best way to scale on social oftentimes is by doing things that don't scale. Because then that audience allows you to reach those other people. No, that's such a good tip, especially when I'm like on TikTok or if I'm on Instagram, even YouTube still to this day. I love a comment. I love reading comments. I am a fiend for comments because there's the juiciest stuff in there. Yeah, 100%. I have found so many people from like the comment section, just people commenting on other people's being like, hey, I know that this person didn't respond to you. Here's what I found. And yes. I'll click through and be like, well, who gives them the authority? And then you see what actually gives them the authority. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, you, you can almost guarantee they're going to come visit your profile. And so if you actually have solid content that they're looking for, it becomes a no-brainer for why wouldn't they follow you. Exactly. I love it. What a great flex tip. Ooh, you get a third one today. How do you like that? Jeez. That's <laughs> big. Keep the change. <laughs> Keep the change. That's great. First things first, guess who's copying who this week? I'm going to give you a little guess. Oh, I, so we always talk about how Instagram's copying people. So somebody's got to be copying Instagram. Ooh, good guess. It is TikTok. Mr. Old TikTok is copying Instagram, which is so bizarre. 
That is weird. And in, how, in what way? What are they doing? So they have just released a new feature called Photo Mode, which okay. allows users to create a gallery of images. And that gallery of images that you can swipe through kind of like, hmm, something called a carousel post. Okay. I've been seeing a lot of those on my timeline, actually, a lot of people doing that. And they'd be getting a ton of reach if, if it's done well. Yeah. So I actually saw my first one because I had an updated... I'm one of those bad people that doesn't have automatic updates on my phone. So I have to like manually click which apps I need to update. And so I finally updated TikTok and I saw my first video where it had like the scrolling photos. And I was like, what is this? And I was like, this looks exactly like Instagram and dun, dun, dun. That's exactly what they're trying to do. That's exactly who they're trying to demolish is Instagram. And I'm curious, did you, do you like it? Does it bug you? Like, have you interacted with it? I think it actually does work with TikTok. Like, I think it makes sense because it's similar. It's like little bite-sized bits that you typically get in a video, but I think you can put more of them into one with this format. And so I think it works as long as you are practicing like good carousel development, like having a great opening slide, like that makes or breaks the entire thing. But it, it's not, I don't hate it, but it's it's a lot like other TikTok content where it's kind of very fluffy. It's all like the ones I've seen are very substantial. But I think that's just kind of the way things have gone. But I think it, it makes sense as of right now. I think it works. But I don't know if I'll become tired of it tomorrow. But as of right now, I didn't hate it. It's interesting that they are trying to go in the direction of what Instagram once used to be, which was just a photo sharing app. And now Instagram is trying to be where TikTok is, which is a video sharing app. And will apps just be apps and like, just do their own thing. Like, why are we stealing everybody's ideas over and over and over again? Well, I think is the way things are going, like we talked about last week with Elon Musk wanting to build the everything app. I think it'll, it'll probably go towards something like that, right? Like, cause it just convenience in building that the network effect is such a big deal. And so with the technology becoming something where it's so interconnected, it kind of, it makes sense that somebody's gonna gonna hold that place. I do think there'll always be value in something being more niche focused, but these brands they don't or like the apps they don't want that. They want to go for the whole pie. So there's a lot of things, a lot of opportunities for smaller players to come in and break through. And really, that's kind of what TikTok did. Like they saw that there's a huge lack in the marketplace for the kind of content that they've made famous, and they just focused on that. And now they're expanding outwardly and trying to copy Instagram. So it's very full circle. Well, it's interesting that you bring up the like everything app, the X app that Elon Musk, Musk keeps talking about, because there has been a new patent that TikTok just released, and there has been like other like jobs on LinkedIn recently released from TikTok where they are mm-hmm. actually releasing a e-commerce website within the okay. app. So it looks like they're trying to start competing with Amazon, which would be really interesting as they are trying to get these containers, ships, and different things in America. There have been all these LinkedIn jobs that have slowly been popping up like in Seattle and Portland. And yeah, it looks like maybe TikTok will be taking on Amazon next and the e-commerce world. And yeah, it's just interesting how quickly in the past like few years TikTok has grown, especially in all of these like different spaces. And it'll be really fascinating to see how it takes on Amazon and also where it'll be at like in the next year with how many different things it's trying to bring inside the app. 
Yeah, you also think like, at what point does it end? Like, how long does this go on for? You know, like they just keep adding in more and more. But yeah, no, it's it's like it's fascinating as an outsider, and then also someone who uses this stuff all the time. But yeah, I'm very curious to see where Elon's brain comes into all of this and seeing how he can change things. And I know you had some other things related to this as well. So like, I'm sure we'll chit chat some more about it. But it is we say this every week, but it's fascinating because there's so much changing. I do feel. Like we, we just feel like we view social media and we're like, this is what it is. But I feel like we're still at such an early phases of what this can be and what it is. So it's going to continue to change. Yeah. I mean, we're only what still 10, 15 years in social media. It's not like it's been around forever and ever and ever. It's still very, very fresh. I just, this feels too much like WeChat to me, the China owned app where it is like an everything app where it has the ability to book Ubers, you have the ability to order food, you have, it's a social media platform, it is a messaging platform. So for us, is having a monopoly, having one app monopolizing all of these industries is, that's kind of a bad thing for us, don't you think? Because it doesn't have, doesn't have room for other apps to come in, other small business to come in and try to make their stance on the world. It's one of those things, it's a lot like any industry, usually one big player comes in and takes it. But then there's always stories of the smaller team coming in and being them in a way that a big company can't service them the same way, right? Like, so the bigger you get, there are benefits to it. You can usually bring down costs and things of that nature, but you can't provide the same sort of service that at the end of the day, people still want. So there's always ways to get creative. I do think obviously the barrier for that becomes higher and higher, the more spoiled we become across the board. But there, I think there'll always be a place for inventiveness and, and personalized service. And I think that's where the smaller people or players can come in and still have a chance to break through i hope so but speaking of we'll bring in the elon musk of it all and also kanye because obviously if you've been anywhere on the internet in the past couple of days you know how much kanye west has been making a splash all over social media with his he is something else opinions yeah it's yeah (laughs) definitely don't agree with most of the stuff he's saying but like most people, Instagram did the thing where they restricted his account. Nobody knows like which post it was that created the case, that, or yeah, that yeah. created the restriction. But one of his many, many, many Instagram posts created the restriction. He then went to Twitter, where Elon Musk welcomed him back with open arms, and he made a very tasteless joke on Twitter and made some very aggressive comments to Jewish people that then got him suspended from Twitter. Wow. And there was an article going around from the Washington Post, and I'm curious to get your take on it, because they were talking about how with Musk being so of the mindset of freedom of speech, with him owning Twitter, how is this going to change social media in the future, especially for the U.S., where freedom of speech is in our amendment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult balance to strike. I don't know if there's a right answer to it. I'm very pro free speech. And I think that there's there are some negative things that come along with that. And Elon's talked a big game of wanting that, but it's very easy to like throw stones. You know what I mean? Like when you're not in that position, I forget the exact quote the saying, but like it's very easy from an outsider to be like, this is what I would do. But then when you're in that situation, there's I'm sure there are a ton of legal bodies and and other sort of like government agencies across the globe because that like this stuff must get so logistically complicated with all these different rules like 
like how in the States, like you have freedom of speech, but there are tons of countries that don't have that. So it's like, how do you have an international product with international type rules and, and make it the same for everyone? It seems like it's almost impossible. Like the only way this is going to happen is if we become one massive country in the world. <laughs> it's like one world. And then so... PNG is I, back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think censorship is the solution to a lot of the problems that they impose censorship to solve. And I think it's a far deeper rooted issue. And I personally think that censoring people is just a Band-Aid solution. Like you're just like, go away. And I guess... It's to a degree, it fits some people's agenda and it works, but I, I'm not a huge advocate of it. And I hope that Elon backs it up and, and that it becomes more of a place of education and then people can hopefully make their own decisions. But who knows? It will be very interesting to see the changes that he makes from like an algorithm point of view and a censorship point of view. I'm definitely interested in the algorithm point of view. I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, but the idea of having like not a fully algorithm algorithmic algorithmic yep. based i don't yep. know the word <laughs> based platform where it actually shows you two different sides it doesn't just show you your content where you're stuck in like a rabbit hole of your own thoughts and opinions and other people yep. who think the same way as you and i know a lot of people are going to be like well this is all i want to consume and that's wonderful and that's great it helps build better character it helps you get better at debating people because that's like one of my favorite things to do is debate people on a topic that we have completely differing opinions on and just knowing what other people are thinking about a subject that's really important to you that is from a different point of view and I'm really really hopeful that Elon does what he says and actually shows the two different points of views or three different points of views or how many other point of views because there's not just two points of views on anything in your algorithm and not just solely focus on the things that you're going to like and consume. But also, like we've always talked about, being controversial online is great for engagement. So yes. the best thing for Elon to actually do is just keep showing people opinions that they don't agree with. So they'll go, <laughs> so they'll go in and be like, I don't agree with this. This is why you're the worst. Blah, 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 blah. I hate you. Yeah, and I think one of the big problems is that we – like you said that you love to debate with people. I think that's, I wish more people were like that. I think a lot of people on the internet, they, they don't debate, they instantly argue. And I think there's a huge distinction between the two because debate is like both collectively coming in with mutual respect to try to reach some sort of endpoint or understanding. Whereas an argument is like someone has to win and lose. I think that's the biggest problem. Whereas a de- I think a debate is more of like, okay, let's try to reach some common ground. Uh, and in confirmation bias, we've talked about this. It's been built into these, platforms because it's been advantageous for them. So I really, really hope that they can see that it can be equally advantageous the other way if done correctly, and it could potentially lead to some constructive discussions to lead to more and more people that hopefully being less divided. Because I think that's one thing that it's so weird how these tools were built to connect us in theory. And I think we've never been more divided. And that may be something that just everyone feels like for every period of time they, they go through. But I feel like now it's very prevalent because we can actually see the division. Whereas before it was like a little more anonymous, whereas now people are stating their division and doing so proudly, which is a little concerning. Do you think that we're more divided now or do you think that social media is just showing us how more divided we are? I think we are more divided because I I think that there are far more people that pick a side than previously would have been neutral or indifferent. Whereas now I feel like they feel they have to. I think, and I think that stems to more of a bigger problem of people feeling alienated in their real lives. So they go to try to seek the communities that they once previously had in the past, they try to go find it online. And to do that, you have to stake an opinion, right? Because like, how do you develop these common interests? It's, it's 
easiest way to do that is by going and associating or with a group that's already established. So I personally think that there's more division than ever, and it's definitely louder than ever because we can actually see it. I'm sure there were points in history and places that were far more divided, but I mean, like in terms of recent memory, I, I would definitely say so, in my that's opinion. really interesting. Yes, no, absolutely. I think it's one of those things where I talk to people who are older than me who've been not in the social media space forever, and even like everybody I feel like has been saying it's just like more and more division, but I just wasn't sure if it was social media actually proving that and like just putting a bigger highlight on that fact or if we actually are divided. But I do agree with you. I do think that we, whenever you're online, you have to choose a side because people will just keep poking the bear until you're finally like, okay, okay, this is what I think. And I think also there's just, division can't be created until it's given an opportunity or an environment to do so. So like think about your family get-togethers. Like there are some things that shouldn't never be talked about. Like they always say, don't talk about like, Tack, like money, politics, whatever, and religion, but it typically gets brought up and then there's some heated discussions from that. And so usually those discussions only ever took place in very intimate settings with small groups. Now those are taking place on public forums, right? So then like gang mentality sets in for either side of the spectrum. And then like they get more and more animated and more and more vocal. Whereas previously you would get uncle, aunt and uncle to calm down and then everyone would, would have a beer and it's over. Whereas like now it just, it can never end because it lives 24 seven on the internet. So I think it's more of a matter of they've, we've been given the tools for division. And I think a lot of people have been purposely trying to like egg things on for either political agendas or, or stuff far beyond my scope of understanding. But yeah, well, and I don't think it helped. Like when Meta announced that there were all those like the Cambridge analytics, where there were so mm-hmm. many ads taking place that were targeting specific people's point of views. And then that was like a huge spiral. And obviously, social media didn't help that. And people were sharing things that were false. People were sharing things that were true, but other people were thinking they were false. It was just, so I do think that social media can be really harmful in those ways. But as I was talking to friends today and I keep, I always send my friends like little updates. I'm like, okay, here's something new that's coming to social media this week. Here's something new. And they're like, how do you do this? Like, how do you like this job? And I had to sit, like I was sitting there thinking today because yesterday I just had a day from hell where my newsletter got deleted. Like this thing just like kept shutting down. My computer kept shutting down and I was just like, I hate everything. I just want this day to be over. And it was an I hate social media day yesterday. But today, Mm. as I'm talking to friends and just like looking at new features and new updates, And I'm connecting with friends. I was like, I would never have been able to do this, like connect with my friends on this level or share different things like this without social media. I wouldn't be able to, like, I wouldn't have been able to meet you or I wouldn't have gotten this job or I wouldn't have made a lot of my friends that I have because a lot of my friends (laughs) were from like online, like groups that I was on. And like social media is so powerful and so good, but I just think that we need to kind of teach people how, like, and we've talked about this before, and we're going to keep always talking about it, like moderation. Using it responsibly. Yes, absolutely. So Gary V, some stuff I don't agree with what he says, but a lot of I do. And one thing that he said, and he says often, is how social media and the internet is the ultimate mirror. And so like, it's a reflect, as much as, you say the negative things about social media, it's more of a reflection of you 
right? Like that's what you see, like what you obsess over is what you find. It's like a lot like in, in real life, like people always talk about manifestations and like there is a degree of truth to that because if you, it's like, like they always say like, don't think about the green elephant or, like, you know, or the pink elephant, right? Like what you think about, you find. So if you are someone who's like, oh, social media sucks, that's a, a lot of it to do with you personally and how your own experiences for one, then also like the things you're consuming because with enough time, so I'd say I was fairly early to consuming content a lot. Now at the point now where it's professional, like I try to moderate what I consume. And if you just consume anything willy nilly, it's like if you were to only eat McDonald's every day, of course, you're going to end up being very unhealthy and then blaming food's bad. It's like, no, 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 the food you're consuming is bad. And, and you're not doing it in moderation. Like that's what makes it bad, right? Because like, there's no such thing as good or bad. But you know what I'm saying? So for this, I think it's the same thing. And we talked about it on the show repeatedly, but it can actually change your life. And so you said the other day you had a, oh, I hate, I hate social media day. Yeah. I have those all the time. But the problem is so many people go to like to deflect it and they point the finger at something where it's like, okay, what, what did I contribute to this? Because then you have control over the situation. Until you do that, you're a victim. But then once you realize like, okay, why do I feel like this? Because I'm comparing myself to fake lives, right? I'm looking at all these things that aren't good, right? Like, like that's you. And so the second that you realize, oh, that's me, I can shut the app. You know what I'm saying? Like take control and then you're no longer a victim. You're in the driver's seat. And then that makes you feel or at least me, I feel a lot better about them. <laughs> well, I mean, even like the authentic app, Be Real. I so have friends. It's so fake. And I've had friends recently. They're like, oh my gosh, all my friends are doing like really cool things all the time. I'm like, no, they're not. They're waiting. <laughs> yeah. If you go through a day or let's say a week, you're going to be doing at least one or two interesting things, let's say a week. And so you just wait and then oh, now this would be cool. It's exactly like an Instagram story. Like it is an Instagram story. It's the exact same thing because you only put shit on your Instagram story, excuse my language, but that, that you think is like, oh, this is cool or I like this or how will people view me for doing this? Be Real is just an extension of that. And uh, Be Real just irks me a little bit. I've been using it while I've been like traveling more so just because I don't know, I've gotten to the habit of it more, but. Because you're doing cool stuff. <laughs> that's there, Proof's in the pudding. Exactly. No, I, I, think, I think you're spot on. Yeah. And I mean, if anybody adds me on Be Real, all they're going to see is my apartment. They're going to see me watching TV. They're going to see me. It's a lovely apartment. Reading a book. Thank you. My plant in the corner. Don't look at that laundry that is piling up. But it's just going to be me on my couch in like the same space over and over again. And maybe like once a week, I'm at dinner with friends. Like that's, that's my life. There you go. Congratulations. You've seen it. And I agree. It's the same thing over and over again. I think it'll go stale. Oh, I was going to say the number of downloads is still going up, but the number of people actually using it per day, active users, is going down. That makes sense because it's getting like the network effect going and then also far more content being created about it. But people get in and they use it and they're like, what the hell? What is this? <laughs> like, this, this is, is it? This is not what I want. Well, in a complete terrible segue, let's talk about Instagram. And Facebook yes. and Meta, because has your Instagram data been stolen this week or your Facebook information? Would I be privy to this? Like, would they tell me that? Because I'm not a, not that I'm aware of. So I think they've been sending out emails to people, but there has been 400 apps just this year alone. This is not even like past this year that wow. have been detected by Facebook that offer fake features to get people to log into the app with their Facebook credentials. And then that app is stealing all those, that person's user data. Oh, so like, let's, let's say hypothetical, 
an app to download Facebook videos or whatever, and then you give them the login credentials and it doesn't let you do it. They just steal your login credentials. Yep. Wow, that's terrifying. And so I think the biggest one were photo editors. So people like downloading photo editors and putting logging in their information. And I think the editors kind of work, but then the app just is like shitty. And so people Mm. will immediately delete it. But then that app has all their data. And I mean, if I know I'm one of those people because I do social media marketing and I have clients credit card information in my own Facebook data. I have my birthday. I have like other things in there that could be pretty like substantial if somebody was to come in and steal my Facebook data. Dang, that's not exactly fun. No. So apparently it's like millions and millions and millions. All the apps have been reported by Meta to both Apple and Google. Google said they claim that they've taken them all down, but Meta is still checking. And then apparently they're still checking more and more apps. But yeah, it's kind of scary. So maybe just like check in on your Facebook data and make sure that nothing is suspicious and maybe go through that those app lists and make sure that you don't have one of those apps. Or you know what? Just remove all the apps from your Facebook credentials. Yeah, that'd be the, probably the smartest bet. Because as you were saying that, I just thought I had a flashback and my life kind of flashed. I was like, I've done that a lot. Like not, not like photo editors, but like stupid things to like schedule content or like that, I guess I didn't double check to see if it was approved. And so that's concerning. But for, if you're listening to this, Flick will never do that to you. Just to clarify, we are approved by Meta, Facebook, all, all the bits and bobs. So Flick is safe, just to clarify. Cause I used to get, I used to get that question so much. Yes. So Flick is verified and we're safe. You can also check all the apps that are verified and safe and approved by Facebook and Meta by going to their own website. So you can always check which apps, if that app that you're about to download, if it's approved, if it's okay, and if it's safe to use. Because there are a lot of apps out there where people are probably thinking, oh, this is fine. Like, I'll just throw in my Facebook data or my Facebook login because it's the easiest way to log in and not have to like go through the hassle. But sometimes it's just like better to be safe than sorry. 100%. Yeah, no, I think that we too freely give that stuff away and don't think about the long-term potential backlash of doing that. Well, and there's a lot of apps right now after Apple kind of removed the data sharing. So if you mm. have an Apple phone, you, you can ask the app not to track you outside of the app because sometimes okay. you can do that. And so Apple now has a feature that like lets you say, no, I don't want the app to track me. Mm. And since that release, Meta hasn't been doing too hot with ads because they can't track where people are going outside of their app. And that has also caused more backlash with people not wanting to, like other companies not allowing Facebook login on their websites anymore. I know Microsoft was one of them that used to allow Facebook login. I know Nike was one of them as well. And they've completely removed the Facebook login feature from their websites. Wow. That, that's saying quite a bit because that's probably very valuable information and a good tool to reduce friction to get someone in and own that relationship. So that's, that's crazy. Yeah, I think Google is still allowed on those platforms, but they have completely removed Facebook login from those. So it's, well, I know more and more are coming on board with like removing Facebook login. And I think this is probably another big reason why Meta has laid off people or they have a, their first hiring freeze ever in the history of it being open. Wow. 
That's that's saying quite a bit because they've been go 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 growth 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 since since back when they were on Harvard's campus. Like that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting just to kind of see what happens in the next few years. I think more and more people are getting savvy and about their data and kind of keeping it closer to their chest because they're realizing how much of their data probably is out there and shouldn't be out there. Yeah, no, it's, it's scary to think about. I, I'm becoming more and more thoughtful about that stuff, but it's just something that you, d- you definitely want to think about because you typically don't until it's too late. <laughs> so if you're someone who hasn't thought about that stuff beforehand, let this podcast be what motivates you to, to get yourself more secure. Absolutely. Well, that is all the updates that I have. Do you have any other updates that you want to highlight or talk about? Uh, YouTube, I, I don't know the full context of what this means yet, so I don't want, well, we can talk about it later, but like YouTube launched handles for channels, which is new. So that's interesting. Handles as in like Instagram handle? I think it's the same sort of concept because before that, it wasn't really, it was pretty finicky. So it was hard to tag people oftentimes, or I think now you have a, uh, a handle, which makes it far easier for people to mention you or tag you in things. Oh, sweet. So like in comments and like within your bio and or the caption and everything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So if someone were to want to tag me, they could do it substantially easier. That would be awesome, especially for shorts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of applications for it. Uh, like, like even trying to tag myself and things, sometimes I won't be able to find me. I'm like, what is going on? So uh, yeah, this will, I'm excited for this. All right. Well, that is great to know. And as for our creator this week, it's actually a friend of mine and we've talked about him before, but on TikTok, he is John Paul's balls. Sorry. I'm sorry to say it that aggressively, but there you go. He actually makes soccer balls, or as people over here call it, footballs, made out of different materials. So he's done stuff so with cool. like Adidas shoes. He's done he's done a recent one with Doc Martens, and he actually kind of collaborated with Adidas recently, or again, as they say here, Adidas, and just makes some really, really cool soccer balls out of different materials. And I just love how he's built this incredible niche audience, and he gets millions and millions of views from just making soccer balls like that's such yeah. a cool concept and that goes to show you that like passion can win with regardless of what it is like because that's so random and obscure if, if you were to pitch this to someone everyone would say there's no way it works but then this is proof that it does and i think the other thing here is that he's a good storyteller as well like just like just watching the content he packages what's a very obscure thing in a very easy to consume way so i think story is also a huge element that is a skill that can be learned and that goes such a long way. And he's built a massive audience off of an interesting passion and a great storytelling. Yeah. And I think one of the, like the best tips from his videos that I've seen, and I've seen this from other creators as well is doing yeah. a loop TikTok. Yes. So where the beginning and the end, it goes together. And so when you're watching it over and over again on the loop, that doesn't seem there's no pause. Yeah, it just it promotes more of a watch, a longer watch session because you, you can't really tell when it begins, when it ends. So you likely watch it once and a half at least, or sometimes twice through. And that's all great metrics for every platform because they're all they're always watching that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope you listened all the way through because that would make me so happy. Um, give us a five star review if you like this podcast, and I will love you forever. And I'll shout you out if you do. So that's all. There you fun. go. Please. 
Please follow us over on Instagram at flick.social and on TikTok at flick.social. Ben, tell the people what you like over on YouTube. Yeah, come check out YouTube. We just have released most recent video was some new stuff. And then before that was a TikTok SEO tutorial. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, something's wrong because it's, it's all the same sort of content, tons of help for everything social and helping you grow your, your accounts, your clients' accounts, and also keeping you informed with all the crazy latest news in the social media space. So a must subscribe for sure. Absolutely. And if you are a social media manager or agency, you can also add us over on our Facebook group where we have a bunch of social media managers, agencies, freelancers who are all doing similar things and have questions and really good ideas. And there's lots of great conversations there every single day. So please join us over on that. And the link for that is in the show notes. And we will see you next week. Sounds great. All right. Bye.